I start to fade. On lonely nights, I start to fade. Her love's a Is thousand miles away. Is Aftermath Showman for January 17, 2024. I keep screwing this up. 2024. It sounds weird saying it. How's it going? How goes it? Holy shit, man. It's so cold out there. <laughs> oh, Tessas are dying. People are saying, oh my god, the robots are dead outside. And I'm like, are you serious, man? Like, it's so cold that the electric vehicles are frozen. You can't charge, do any of that shit. And I'm just like, man. And then we were supposed to save the environment using these cars. But I digress. Because I know all the people out of the woodworks are going to come out and be like, I told you, man, this shit isn't going to help the environment, blah, blah, blah. Not realizing the fact that shit already is bad. That the climate is going it has been going extreme. Whatever we projected back in 2000s, late 90s is happening right now. Believe it or not, it's been 25 years since like all these things have been talked about. Quarter century or even half century since we started broaching the subject and talked about it. And over half century, we have done nothing, nothing significant that would have prevented this or you know slow this down or any of that and here we are and people are just like eh, shrug it off and be like oh it's nothing maybe we're all a bunch of animals and this is a way we're supposed to die so because of that i just go like man this is so hopeless at times but then again you see get a lot of innovation a lot of the stuff and now people are paying attention whether you're in the inlands or in the coast you know and then who knows the coasts aren't going to be around so much longer with like the water levels rising i see the great lakes right here like not even the ocean and then even all the lakeside properties they're like oh my god like fucking we're getting engulfed with this shit you get more extreme lake effect snow whether it's in the you know, the Lake Erie by Buffalo or Erie, Pennsylvania or over Michigan, Lake Michigan, Grand Rapids, Western Michigan. They're getting pounded, you know. And then all these people come out and be like, oh, EV, we're going to do shit. Look, man, I as much as I, I have a lot of beef with the EV, which I talked about in the GM episode a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago at this point, And I just go, look, the concept isn't bad. The execution with respect to the infrastructure is terrible. And again, for America, uniquely to America, the country's too damn big. <laughs> the size of this country provides so much, so many more advantages than other continents like EU or other countries like in Asia and Africa would envy to have the resource that we have. But yet, like it's such a big country, the size is like China big. With like the third of the population of China, then you're just like, I mean, it just go like you can't, you can't, you can't wrangle everybody while trying to keep everybody's freedom and innovation and free thinking to go along. So it's gonna be hard. And I just go like, I wish people would have thought of the infrastructure side of it. And automotive companies just like said, "Fuck it, we're gonna own the charging stations instead of doing this consortium bullshit and fucking half-ass it." Unlike Tesla, who just said, fuck it, we'll go to the Meyer, we'll go to the fucking, whatever, Costco, and then, like, build chargers and set up the environment there. Do, get started with it. That's a kind of American innovation and capitalism at full display. And people don't realize this because they're so fucking spoiled. <laughs> Kim Kardashian was right. Get your ass working. And then everyone's like, Kim, what have you done? I'm sorry. Out of all the celebrities I've seen in my lifetime, Kim Kardashian is the only one that has lasted this far. And she was an assistant to fucking Paris Hilton. 
Okay, and then where did Paris go? Yeah, she slowly started coming back. Hey, it was all a knack in the early 2000s, yada, yada, yada. I give Kim K all the credit. And the mom manager over there, Chris, you know, building this empire. And then you're just like, this is a uniquely the most American experience. Try to do that in some backyard on this small town in fucking England. It ain't happening. That's why people still flock here, come here, create opportunities, pay less tax relative to the other nations other than certain things. But I still go like it's still relatively great. So I don't, you know, I just go like on both sides, whether you're liberal or whatever. I think these people will completely lack the perspective because this country's too damn big and big and these people are so fucking insulated. And it, it takes a fucking undisputed two-time immigrant like me to bring a fucking perspective to say, look at this shit from the outside and how good you have it and then how lack of it you have it. I don't take it the either way. I think it's it's advanced. And it's such a young country that's been moving along this far. And then, like, I think somebody else finally said it last week. like, try to create another new country. Have you heard that in the last 100 years, 200 years, even as America is approaching 250th birthday or something pretty soon? And I just go, like, can you name another new country that just started and then try to get this far? And then the journey to get to this point, it's arduous and hard. And then I just go, like, in other countries that's been around forever... Or stuck with their monolithic history and ethnic ethnicity and all that. And then and now they're having population crisis. They're too developed and people don't want to have kids. And the only answer to, you know, uh, only answer to support their economy strength and then keeping the economy going is a population at that point. And then the influx of population to keep up the demand with the elder population is immigration. But unfortunately, the populist movement and all those... Just an easy thing to stoke, like the fucking Republicans, you know, doing right now. It's such an easy target. That's happening in every country that, you know, and then it's just going to the extreme. Some kind of protectionism, yada, yada, yada. And then this tribalism that's happening. So I just go, I think it's part of a humanity and the human process. And then show was pretty bad probably 100 years ago. None of us were around, you know. I just go like, all right, it's part of it. But at the same time, I just go like, let's learn from it. Nobody looks back on history and learns from it and then actually do something about it. And I then I wonder why the fuck the history majors exist because they're not doing their fucking job. You know, and then I just go like, and then what does the college of that matter? But yeah, yeah, I, I digress. I digress. So I'm going to stop right there. It's fucking cold. Stay warm out there. Then I almost got my car broken in too. Thankfully, not too much damage has been done other than the bent frame from uh, somebody just trying to jam a fucking key through a frame to pry open the window. I think that's what I'm trying to do, you know, and then I got to figure that shit out. And then I'm like, All right, more dumb shit. People doing dumb fuckery for whatever reason. Desperation economy during the Lions game, no less. And then the, that's the time when people least suspected and most distracted. And I go, you know, these thieves are kind of smart picking this night. It's the most frigid and also, you know, the least paid attention night. And then I was like, why would they do that? Because I was like, because that's the perfect time to do it. That's a perfect time to attack. But anyways, I just go like, you know, what it is what it is, right? So speaking of tribalism and taking my money, I want to segue. This is a good segue. I want to talk about the All Elite Wrestling AEW. That's going to be my whatever the part series that I have the next couple weeks, three weeks probably. Um, I want to talk about why this business, this entity, is fucking failing and staling, in my view, and that is bothering the fuck out of me. Now, 
you're busy and wondering, BK, it's just professional wrestling and our sports entertainment company. Why does it matter so much? Well, I'll give you a background on it. One, I, I somehow stumbled upon it when I came to Canada and then like and then started getting into behind the scenes of what's been happening. This is probably the third time I'm explaining this. And from there I learned a lot about TV business, Nielsen ratings, marketing, you know, and then what kind of attention span people have. It's it's a general media it's my entry gateway drug into learning the media business and what's what goes viral recently and then what catches the attention. Blah blah blah. blah. So and then you know, WWE has been the big honcho, the only one that's been going into it. And then back in 2019, this company started under the Khan family, the Shah Khan, who owns Fulham, Jacksonville Jaguars, and then the, what else do they own? I forgot for a second, uh, AEW at this point. And then they have a little connection here in Michigan because the Khan family became rich through Flex and Gate, who is the biggest uh, wiring and harness supplier for all the... Uh, Automotive and then the bumpers, I think, here for the big three. And even Tony Khan talked about it when he came to Detroit show. And then it's like, hey, my dad made a lot of money working with the automotive. We're one of the best suppliers here for GM, for yada, yada, yada. So anyways, they made a lot of money and then they ventured into other things, including sports and entertainment. Now, and then just getting into it, looking at it, I just go like, hey, from learning from business and economy side of things, I think this industry and a company like this has been a very interesting case study and a fandom that I got to follow, and then how the TV business is done, what matters, the quarterly, the audience, what attracts, you know, what keeps the audience sustained, and what's the lead in, what's the over TV overrun look like, you know, how the, these things are getting produced, camera angles, you know, all aspects, I, and then just the logistics of it, how things happen, being a touring uh, entity entertainment this is, it's, and then it's a weekly TV show. It's very fascinating. And I just said, this is a very interesting case study. And I became a fan and frankly speaking, spent, I think, good amount of money in it. So, and now as this company is going into its last year, the TV deal that they signed five years ago at this point, and I want to talk about its improvements that I, I would like to see going forward. And I want to talk about that in multi-part. Because if I start talking about this, it will be very aimless, you know, in one sitting. It will be very aimless and also very unfocused. And I can go on for half a day at this point. You know, from a business standpoint and a fan perspective, what's lacking and then how it's like, how it could be better. So why I got about 10 minutes here or less. So... One thing I want to focus on is give you a bit of a bit of a background. What got me attracted into this company, and spent so much time following the ins and outs of it. One, uh, I talked about the media aspect of it, and then twenty. I I was a wrestling fan for like much deeper fan since like oh two I think, and then I got in, I got aware of like. A lot of the behind the scenes, the dirt, they call it the dirt sheets, the wrestling media, who talks about backstage happenings, contracts, and why some, some stories are booked the way they are because of contractual situation, creative differences whatsoever, starting in like 2001, 2002, when I listened to the live audio wrestling. Now the lineage of that has become now post-wrestling, Sunday Night Main Event, and other podcast entities because the live audio wrestling got sold and became part of the Fight Network, which is part of a, another bigger Canadian media conglomerate at this moment. And actually the alumnus out of that uh, live audio wrestling is Jeff Merrick, who's now... A huge voice in hockey, the 32 
questions and all that podcast that Jeff Merrick has and following junior hockey. But anyway, so I, I got into it and then I really got in. I was I, I didn't really follow during the attitude time. I think there was an episode back when WrestleMania 2017 review with the two parter. Me and uh, Marco, we did the review six years ago. Go listen to the episode almost eight years ago at this point. Holy shit. Um, and then, uh, and I just, I was in the, I was very in, in deep in it, 04 to like 07. I think I ended up writing for the law website, live audio wrestling website when I was in Michigan the first year when the ECW and TV launched and I just wrote out the TV reports. I probably had the word file somewhere still. And then, and then I, uh, I, I just got out of it because I think I got so busy with college. So from like 07 to 2011, I was like not following WWE whatsoever. I was like at the peak of John Cena. And then, you know, and then when he really became peak, I stopped following. Then I kind of came back to it in 2011 when CM Punk dropped the Pipe Bomb promo. You can listen to my Pipe Bomb, you know, CM Punk best of just to get my background and my fandom with them. Go back and listen to that. And then I fell out of it, and then I kind of came back, came back in 2016. I don't know how, but that's when the internet, independent wrestling, and then internet-based YouTube wrestling got started getting big, and then I got back into it. And then the Young Bucks, the Bullet Club, got even bigger through the merch. They started at selling at Hot Topic, and I got back into it. And then I started watching WWE again also, and then the SmackDown in 2016 to 2017 was a really, really good product. Um, it was different. Camera angles are different. Dialogues are different. It felt fresh. It didn't feel like what I was watching in the 2000s and early 2010s. And then 2018, 2019, it got really bad. The WWE, that was the only answer. And other alternative products weren't at the level and the scale of WWE, obviously, for a company that has built for 40 years or even longer. You know, if you go back to the history of professional wrestling in the States. And I, I, I just... I couldn't follow, and then I started watching other things like New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's a Japanese WWE, if you want to call it that. Started watching a little bit of Impact on Ring of Honor, but those weren't at the level that I would have liked. And you know, and then I and then along came the All Elite Wrestling. I think it was a great startup business idea as an entry alternative to WWE that Tony Khan, who's been a longtime fan, came in and become became a fan of now one thing you would notice there's a lot of you know i'm not gonna go recite all the back history of like how that thing started and all that you can find a bunch of history podcasts listening to that you know find youtube videos i'll tell you from my perspective and then how from me as a spending fan came on about um i will say that i think the i think with the economy especially after the downturn in 08 a lot of people, especially people in my age group, you know, the 18 to 34. Now I'm out of that 18 to 34. So I, 18 to 49 over the last five years, I would say, has more, you know, dispensable earnings and more, you know, money to spend. As evidence, especially since the pandemic, for whatever reason, uh, more money to spend on stuff like NFT, very risky uh, assets such as, you know, uh blockchain and whatnot and then also people spend so much fucking money on these only fans and twitch streamers that i just go like where the fuck did you make money to give this money were you just hoarding this money not doing anything and you know and then other uh, there are many things that people can choose and pay money for to buy shit from and wrestling for me and along with the i guess uh 
few million others became that thing and i became i was like i'm i'm always for spending money for an alternative business that would support the overall industry as a whole therefore i got into buying the t-shirts properly from the you know pro wrestling tees i didn't like fucking pirate like some people did um unless i really didn't have access to get it so aew and everything I bought from day one. I watched every TV show every week starting in 2019 until, you know, last fall, I would say. So I spent a lot of money. I bought every single Bleacher Report pay-per-view. I didn't buy the Fight Plus, use a VPN to get the $9.99 a month monthly. I paid $52.99. It includes a 6% sales tax here in Michigan. Buy every single pay-per-view since 2019 when they started until... December for the world end last year. I just stopped because one, I am still catching up on two pay per views as of now. I wrote this to the survey that AEW has the ringleaders, and but also I just felt this general fatigue. I spent a lot of money. 2023 was the most number of AEW events I've been to in person in four different cities: San Francisco, Pacquiao Palace, Detroit for the second time when they visited for last year's loop. Uh, Toronto for the collision show just before the Forbidden Door in June. And out of the blue, just with Colleen to Toledo, Ohio. So I've seen, I've been at four different venues watching four AEW TV tapings. So I spent my money. I'm a traveling fan and I did. I visited. So, and then I got however, how many number of t-shirts that I got. But obviously I will say that my spending in it in the merch side of it definitely went down compared to 2018 2019 2020 2021 it went down it just did and i don't think i'm the only one who feels this way especially if you were there from the beginning so i i bought every single pay-per-view i bought good amount of merch from AEW, shop AEW, which is also pro wrestling tees and also four events. And then uh, how many did I go in uh, 2022? One in Detroit. Did I go elsewhere? I'm going to try to remember because they only came back from touring after 2019 in uh, mid-2021. So 2022 was a real full year that AEW had, was became a touring gig after the COVID pandemic. And you couldn't really go to an event place to see it. So, but I'm, I'm also noticing, you know what? Take this as a preview and my background on it before I dive into it next week. I am really tired of the product. I am really jaded. I don't feel that the product is growing. If I want to introduce and get people to go with, like I did two years ago or last year, I don't think the enthusiasm is there from a casual standpoint or whatever. I only went to the Toledo event because Colleen, my fiance, who's not a wrestling fan whatsoever, was genuinely curious. And we're just like, we had nothing to do after doing an engagement photo shoot. It's like, you want to go? And I said, sure. And I saw a bunch of tickets open and nobody was buying the tickets. So we ended up going. And then it was like, we had a good time. But I was like, when I was trying to explain what was going on storyline-wise and all that, especially somebody casual just jumping in and trying to catch this like weekly TV event, it was very hard to do it because, one, I didn't feel enthused to explain it like I did even two years ago. Or, and number two, I just go like, none of this really adds up compared to other reality shows or something. And I just go like, so what are you? We want to be sport-based. We want to be entertainment-based. We want to compete as an alternative to WWE. But you want to focus on your fans you know, who have a lot of dispensable spending to do this. 
and WWE just got better. And then I think I don't go to WWE events or try not to. I don't have time to watch all their hours either. So I'll casually, I'll read the reports, listen to podcast reviews. And I went to SummerSlam last year, which was all right. It wasn't great, I would say. And I said, I'm not going to a stadium event for a wrestling show again after this. I And in fact, it made me feel negative going to an event like that. Um, so anyways, that's my economic spending fan profile, if you want to call it, and the background and just general just going into next week. Why I want to get to, I, I want to break this down into different categories. One, the stale product. I'm going to talk about that next week. And then we'll dive into just the general marketing and merchandise that I saw as a huge issue, which decreased my spend and enthusiasm especially over the last year. Number three, just just business, running the business, business management. I talked about it in an episode when CM Punk got fired back in September. I'm going to talk about it in general, given that my experience was a startup being in that. Because in the end, it is a business. And you're running a business, and it's no different from other business, other than you're not dealing with a really casual nine to five people. So I get that difference, but way you run as a manager, management is a different story. So I'm gonna I'm gonna divide this into a three parter, and then whatever other topic comes up. So look forward to that. Thank you for listening. Stay warm out there, and then uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out.